Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. And I'm realizing as I'm saying this, you should be opening this podcast <laughs> because this is all about something that you really want to talk about with me today, of course, Dr. Millicent Ravello. So shoot. Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Boom. I'm Dr. Millicent Ravello, and I'm here with my very generous, very gregarious, very lovely co-host, Dr. Jay Calvert. How are you? I'm doing great. I, You know, I my eyes are a little watery, though, from lunch today, because I think <laughs> you made me eat something that was just way too healthy. I'm sorry. Too much kale, too, too much healthy stuff. It was, I mean, I, it, you can't do that to me. Like I need my I fried chicken or something to go with that salad. It was, it's rough. But it's Wednesday. So Wednesdays, our clinic schedules overlap. So we were in the office together and I order my usual lunch of like rabbit food and greens. leaves. Yes. And so <laughs> because you were there, you also like to pretend that you are on the healthy train. So you all oh, have whatever you're having. <laughs> and as, good for me. as our scribe Kim <laughs> says, on Wednesdays, we eat salads. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and then Thursday, I go to Newport Beach and I... I undo whatever health, anything that I've gotten out of Wednesday is, is erased by my choices on Thursday. Thursdays. Well, I, I apologize that you're allergic to your <laughs> greens. <sighs> it's just, it's rough. I mean, it's, it's very healthy, but very, right. it was actually very tasty. So I'm, I'm happy to eat very healthy. Good. And speaking of which, we're going to talk about people that need to get smaller and uh, how you do that surgically. Yes. So this is the non-kale This is diet. after the diet has failed, <laughs> after after you've thrown in the towel on the diet, which by the way happens because the skin doesn't come off by magic, does it? It does not. So the topic of today's podcast is the tummy tuck plus, which is actually a term I learned from my patients. I had a patient come in and say, do you do tummy tuck plus? And I was like, tummy tuck plus what? Tummy tuck plus breast? Tummy tuck plus labioplasty? No, Hang no, no. on a second. I think, uh, you know what? Tummy tuck plus, is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, I'm going to really quickly just say that that's the keyword then because you know patients are searching that. Sean, are you getting this? The tummy tuck plus. Okay. Tum Our producer's dialed in. That's the name of the episode. That's the name it has of it. to be. Tummy tuck plus. What they mean is tummy tuck plus. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Like 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 plus size, but like 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 a plus tummy plus. tuck. Yeah, yeah, I get it's, it. It's it's a little bit more than the usual tummy tuck, and so usually these patients fall into two categories, which occasionally can overlap. 
One being my massive weight loss patients. So these are patients that have lost a ton of weight and they have lots and lots and lots of skin that needs to come off. That's sort of one category. And then I have some patients that maybe other surgeons wouldn't do because they still are quite large. Maybe they did have a weight loss surgery, but they haven't really gotten down to a good goal weight. Their BMI is still pretty high, or they're just one of these patients that carry their extra weight in their stomach and have really skinny legs. So they just have a lot of weight plus minus a lot of extra skin still on them. So these are patients that really fall into this tummy tuck plus category. Right. And, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about because there used to be this sort of like thing, oh, you have to get to this goal weight or this BMI yes. or whatever. And and that just isn't realistic for a it lot of people. And you not. can't, you can't, you know, you just can't make things happen that aren't going to happen. And so it, these patients want to be contoured. They want to look great and they can, but you need the surgical skill to do that. And you need to, like, I think you're right. You need somebody that does tummy tuck plus, which means liposuction. It means a whole host of other approaches to the contouring of the abdomen. Right. This is not your run-of-the-mill mommy makeover. I had a few kids. I take Pilates. I run every morning, but I have this extra skin tummy tuck. Like, this is a whole different ball game, And that's sort of what I wanted to differentiate between the two kinds of tummy tucks. Um, and really what I sort of, well, let's, let's take, kind of take them one by one. So let's talk about the massive weight loss patients. These patients also sometimes have problems with extra weight still. You know, they have plateaued in their weight loss journey and they come in and they're not ideal, quote, air quotes, ideal candidates, which is that you're at your goal weight, your BMI is within a normal-ish range, you know, you're a good candidate. These patients aren't that. You know, they have tried to lose weight and this is just where their body wants to be. And no matter what we say, they're not going to lose any more weight than they already have. This is sort of where they've plateaued. And so you have to appreciate that for the patient. Like, you're eating healthy, you're working out, you're doing everything you can. This is just your weight. So let's work with that. And as long as they are otherwise healthy, have good you know, medical clearance, their lab workers within normal limits, if they're otherwise in good condition, there is usually an option for them. The exception being if they really, really are still quite obese. And that definition is going to range depending on who you talk to. And for me, it's not a hard and fast number, but anything over the BMI over 35, 38, I have done some 38s, you know, this year, um, that's pushing it, but do, doable. So case by case, um, as you get to those higher levels of BMIs. Um, and the other category being the patients that maybe didn't have weight loss or had weight loss, but didn't, you know, lose all their weight. And they just, they just have high BMIs. You know, they may or may not have a lot of skin, but they still have a lot of weight. And well, the point I want to make here, as we just said, this is not your run of the mill tummy tuck. And I want to talk about why that is. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is where, you know, the, the mere mortal surgeons sort of fall off the tummy tuck train. <laughs> and this is where you step in because, uh, I, again, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm looking for the, the network that wants to do the show, you know, big patient, little surgeon. <laughs> so, I'm right here. I'm right like here, folks. <laughs> you, you are doing things that are really, I mean, incredible before and after results. I mean, these patients go from absolutely what I would say are 
almost like a hopeless situation with their skin and, and how much extra, you know, fat and tissue is around their abdomen to really looking great. And, you know, they're, they're not going to be, you know, bikini models or anything like that. That's not, that's not the goal. The goal is to make them feel great about themselves. And, and you do. And that, that's something like, like I said, I used to do these operations back in the day. Just, I, I trained in Pittsburgh and, you know, Pittsburgh is, there's some big people there and there's a lot of weight loss surgery there. And we did a ton of these operations with, you know, Dennis Hurwitz and, and now Peter Rubin sort of carries that torch there in, uh, in, in Pittsburgh. But out here, like, I think you're kind of it <laughs> and, uh, and you're, do, you're doing the, the job that really is very hard because you're managing so much. A lot of times these patients have diabetes. They have hypertension. They have comorbidities. Or they had before their weight loss. Or, or had. Yeah, yeah. But even so, they may have some like tail end oh, yeah. kind of stuff that you're dealing with. And you still have to do this, first of all, safety first. Mm -hmm. And you have to do it well. And so, I, and I can honestly say that like with what I've seen, what you do, it's just, is it's really incredible. But on top of that, the the safety, the track record that you have with it is really amazing. Yeah, and I think we do have that podcast out there on safety in higher BMI surgeries, which is is worth listening to. Um, but when you're looking at these surgeries, it does. It starts from the very beginning from that preoperative evaluation. Um, are you a candidate? And if you are, you know, what can we do to make sure you're medically optimized before you go to surgery? And then the the type of surgery that we do. So in a traditional cute little mommy makeover tummy tuck, you have that one single incision in the front, kind of from hip to hip, like a little bit of a smile, and you take the skin, you do some liposuction, you do some contouring, and that's it. And, and you know, you recover for a couple days, a week of some pain medicine and, and limitations on your positioning and sitting and sleeping. And after a week, you're moving around, you're walking around okay, and you're back to work, you know, in, in two weeks or so. That's sort of the trajectory of a typical tummy tuck. These patients, their incisions are much bigger. So most of the time, I'm extending these incisions way past the hips, around towards the back, if not going completely circumferentially around the waist because there's just so much skin that needs to come out. Combined with these extra incisions that go around the waist, sometimes you have to have an incision that goes up and down the center. I do that rarely. It's not my favorite thing to do. But if I'm doing it, it's because you need it. It's because you have that much extra skin that you need a vertical component as well as a horizontal component to your incision. And, and that is called the fleur-de-lis. The fleur-de-lis. It's a very <laughs> French fancy. My New Orleans fans will appreciate the fleur-de-lis incision. Um, so that's just the skin incisions, which are much larger than a typical tummy tuck. But then what you really have to factor in for a lot of my patients is the amount of liposuction that is done. I mean, liters and liters of liposuction before I even start the tummy tuck case. Most of my patients I'm doing, I put them down on the operating table on their stomach. I start by doing liposuction of the upper back, of the you know back side of their flanks, those kind of muffin top. I get it from the back. And then they're still intubated. They're still asleep. We turn them over onto their backs. So now they're lying on their backs. I do more liposuction from the front of the sides at the top of the abdomen. I mean, I suck them out as much as I can to get them really down to a size that I can work with. And the only way I can do that is to debulk and remove all the extra fat. But it's not unusual for me to have a 7.30 a.m. start case 
And by the time I'm finished with my liposuction, it's almost noon. And I'm just now starting like the skin, quote, tummy tuck part of the case, what it's booked for. Like that's how much liposuction is being done in these patients. So that's like an extra one or two surgeries right there on top of the tummy tuck. So the surgeries are much more involved and much more of a, of a recovery. Well, but it is a, uh, it's what it takes. It's this what is, it takes. This is, you know, you want to, you want to get those results. You got to do the work. I mean, I, I really have to gear up for these cases, like put my like battle suit on, like today I'm going in. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, I mean, you got to, you got to do a lot of really like literally like heavy labor in a lot of these cases and you just yep. got to you just got to commit to it because it is really hard. So it's not unusual for these cases to take, you know, six and a half hours, seven hours for what people are like, for a tummy tuck? And that's like a three-hour case for a lot of people. This is not a tummy tuck. No. This is a tummy tuck plus. Plus. Tummy tuck plus. And that plus comes in a lot of different plus comes sizes a lot of too. Plus. It's going to be a lot. And, and that, you know what though? You know, good for you for really taking the time and understanding the physiology of the patient who needs this operation and doing them right. Uh, you know, it, it is, it's an art and it is, uh, it's just an amazing feat and, and the satisfaction that your patients get from how I, cause I, I remember doing these body lifts. I did a lot of them. I, I, I think, I think it was one of those things that, you know, it just kind of fell away from me because I got so involved in facelifts and rhinoplasties and, and my, my fitness breast patients like that, that's kind of, you know, my, my podcast would be called the skinny BBL. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of my, but your, yours is like the, the tummy tuck plus and, and every patient needs their surgeon. Right. So, um, it, it's, it's really, a I I think it's incredible. And there's so much artistry in how to manage all that skin, you know, because you think about it, you're taking this patient and marking them in the morning with all that stuff that you have to suck out. So now you have to have the vision for, okay, this, this massive fat, the, this, this thickness over the abdomen, around the back, I'm reducing that. And then you're marking the skin accordingly so that you can have the options to, to really tighten them up and get them to heal, which is really key. So I've, you know, I'm, I'm totally impressed. I think the results are spectacular. Anybody who's wondering what I'm talking about, all you gotta do is go on Dr. Ravella's website, look at the before and afters. Um, you know, not that we sit here and plug our, our own work, but I think if you're getting these operations done, make sure you do that and look at the before and afters of who you're going to and make sure you like the contours that you see. Cause I see a lot of hack jobs around the, around the country. They're just sort of, they, and they pass it off as like, well, at least they're smaller. Right. You know, it doesn't matter that the scars across the middle of their abdomen or whatever. And you know what? As I say all the time, it totally matters. Yeah. It totally matters. Those scars need to be placed in a, in a aesthetically pleasing position. It matters so much that how can you ignore that? You know, how can you ignore where the scars are and, and how good they are or if they don't heal well or whatever? There's There's a lot to it. So... You know, to the to the patient who's you know not coming to Beverly Hills to get this done. Look at those before and afters carefully. Look at where the look at the before and then look at what's what the after is, and it should make you go, "Wow, you know, I want that." Not like, "Well, that was that patient; they needed that," because you have to take advantage of every patient's anatomy and and make it the best that it can be. 
Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's the whole reason that we're doing this. Um, and it, I think it's really important for the patients just to know from like an education standpoint, everything we just talked about, the intensity of the surgery and how involved it is and how much extra it really is, um, it plays into um, a lot of things. It plays into your recovery. It plays into your expectations of the results, and it plays into the cost. So all of these things, again, not your average tummy tuck. So if you are comparing your experience to someone who didn't have weight loss, was a normal BMI before surgery, your experience is going to be completely different from theirs, and your recovery is going to be much different from theirs. And if you have had a history of weight loss in the past, the results are going to be different. They're still going to be great. But again, the skin you have left behind, not great quality. So it's not going to be as tight, 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 tight as that, you know, little 32-year-old mom who's only ever had a couple kids, tummy tuck. She's going to be tight, 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 tight. You're going to be smaller. You're going to be contoured. You're going to look great. But your skin's still going to be loose because no matter how much I take, what's left behind is still going to be loose. So there are some expectation adjustments. And from a recovery standpoint, you're going to be down for the count a little bit longer. You're going to have drains. Sorry, no way around it in these cases. You're going to have drains and they're going to stay for two to three weeks. And don't complain to me about the drains because you need them. You really, really do. And they're there for a purpose. And when they come out, hopefully we don't have any issues. Like it's just, it's a much longer recovery because this is a much, much bigger surgery. So if you're going online and you're Googling or you're you know, doing social media searches or even doing website before and afters, and you're just looking at typical tummy tuck results or experiences or recoveries, that's not you. You're in a totally different ball game. Um, and I do these surgeries so much that it becomes routine. And I forget myself that like, these are actually like still really big surgeries and it's oh, yeah. not one surgery. It's like two or three surgeries in one. What about the cost? Uh, you know, we always try to talk about cost on this podcast because, you know, and just, you know, if people are listening to this, you know, five years in the future, just realize that it's going to be more than when we recorded this, you know, in uh, 2023. Like, oh, those prices are so cute. <laughs> I know. Because, I mean, the way inflation's been going, it's going crazy. But, like, so for me, if I do a, a mommy makeover where I'm doing breasts and uh, mastopexy, I'm doing a lift and putting in implants and and doing a abdominoplasty and some liposuction, for me, that's like a fifty-five dollars to $75,000 range in those operations, depending on how complex it is. If you're doing this tummy tuck plus where you're doing circumferentials, liposuction, extended abdominoplasty, what's the range in your world? So in my world, if I'm really doing that extensive of a procedure with the liposuction and the all the way around, that is the only procedure I'm doing on the patient that day. I do not like to add breasts or arms or anything else because what I'm doing is already a couple surgeries rolled into one. So if I'm doing this case and it's taken me six and a half, seven hours to do it, and there is no insurance component to it, you're easily looking at twenty five, thirty thousand for that, for just the, the tummy and the circumferential part of it. Right. Sometimes, and another topic, sometimes parts of it could be covered by insurance if you're a massive weight loss patient. But what insurance covers is like a tenth of what actually needs to be done to fully contour that abdomen. 
Yeah, insurances, I mean, they do, with massive weight loss patients, they do cover like the paniculectomy, they do cover certain things, but they don't pay a lot of money. So when they say, oh, we'll cover that, like, it's not oh, like, they're no. not really covering the fee. They're yeah. paying some amount of money that they've determined is what they're willing to pay on those procedures. And I think patients get very confused when they say, oh, my insurance says they'll cover it. Mm. It's like, well, I'm not in network. I don't do, I don't have a contract with your insurance and my fee is X, you know? So, you know, that, that's the problem is that the reimbursements have gotten so low. I mean, here's a bold prediction for me. The insurance companies will be out of business in the next five years and it'll be a free market kind of world where people, you know, get money together and pay for things. And there might be well, catastrophic or it'll go to a state kind of run thing. And that's sort of where it's already headed. I mean, yeah, depending I mean, on what part of the country you're in, um, patients are willing to pay, you know, large amounts of money or out-of-pocket fees for whom they consider to be a really good doctor. And that doctor has decided that they are worth more and they're not going to take insurance money because it's not enough for what they do. Right. And so they ask the patients to pay for it. And there are plenty of patients that are willing to do that. And I... I don't know, about five years, but I think that that is where we are potentially headed to a, a two-tier society where you have, you know, patients and doctors negotiating their own rates yeah. amongst themselves. And then you have, you know, a government-run program where you get good care, decent care, but you might have to wait for it. Right. You know, it might not be excellent, but it, it'll be decent. Yeah, I mean, the, the insurance is paying so little. It's so uh, it's incredible. I mean, they'll they'll pay the hospital. You know, that's sort of the goal is to make the doctor, I think, the employee of a hospital system, so that they're taken out of the conversation of what these things cost. Uh, but from my standpoint, I think that if you you're going to want somebody who's the best neurosurgeon to take out your brain tumor, you're going to get out your checkbook because otherwise you're not getting to them. Uh, it is insurance is just paying so little, and it's unfortunate because so little the average doctor didn't really go into this to make money. They did no. it because they wanted to take great care of people and, and provide excellent care. And we've gotten to the point where you, we just can't do that can't do on the reimbursements from insurances because you can't even run a practice. Now, granted, okay, full caveat here. We are plastic surgeons. Yeah, we don't are, listen to us. We're a little bit, we have, <laughs> you know, the, the benefit of being able to charge cash fees for things. Sure. But for all of our other doctors and surgeons out there who don't have a podcast, <laughs> you know, I want to speak for them for a minute. It, it, we should. They, they the average doctor who is completely 100% in network with insurance companies cannot run a successful practice on insurance reimbursements alone. That's why they are all being employed by hospitals, because the insurance reimbursements have been dropped so low. It is ridiculous. You know, Medi-Cal will pay $350 for a cleft lip repair to the surgeon. Oh, really? Is that is that better than you thought? Well, I did one. Uh, I did a cleft lip repair at Miller Children's Hospital as a uh, when I was a UCI tenure tracked professor. You know, at in a right out of my residency, and I got a check for forty seven dollars. So we've come for, up a for bit. a life altering operation that I did for a three month old baby. Yeah. $47. $47. Well, now it's, it might be 350 and That's the, pretty good, and though. For 350 her, wow. Hernia repairs, you know, yeah. inguinal hernia repairs, they get reimbursed. Bucks, yeah, bucks. a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And when you, if you are a private practice surgeon, that's not $450 in your pocket that you're taking home to your wife and kids. That is money to your practice. So out of that $450, you're paying your biller, you're paying your front desk, you're paying your MA, you're paying your malpractice insurance, you're paying your rent. 
And now you're, you know, $1,000 in debt for that one surgery. So it's unsustainable, right. the amount of money that the insurance companies are providing doctors. And I don't know how we digressed onto that because we were starting out with Tummy Tuck Plus. <laughs> well, because because when, when patients call in, they hear this term, my insurance will cover that. And that's where that's where the disconnect happens. This is why we're having this discussion because it won't cover it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't take insurance anymore, so it doesn't. It's irrelevant to me because it, I I don't need to argue with insurance companies over two hundred dollars on a septoplasty. It's silly. Yeah. Um, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But I think for other doctors, they, you know, when they hear their patients say that's going to cover it. Well, there are co-pays, there's co-insurance, there are out-of-network doctors. Like, don't be so sure that your amazing insurance that you're paying a, a ton, ton of, of money. money. <laughs> you're paying so much money for that insurance. And the CEO made $27 million mm-hmm. and got options for $75 million over the next three years. And the, you know, the next in lines all got, you know, seven, ten million dollars for running that insurance company. Don't be so sure that they are going to cover the cost of whatever operation you think you're getting for your weight loss surgery. Yeah. It is, it is Who did you think to... you were paying that money to? Because it wasn't the doctor. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. I mean, the CEOs are fat cats and happy. They have a yeah. great deal. I would definitely do that job if they'd give it to me. However, the thing is, is that you're, the patient is sitting there hearing, oh, we cover that. And that's, that, that is a loaded loaded soundbite that makes for confusion and disappointment and upset over and over again, especially in the world of plastic surgery. But I think in in all types of, of any kind of medicine, it's really not the proper way to say it. They should say, we pay $200 for that. <laughs> That's what they should say. They shouldn't say, oh, we'll cover it. We cover a fraction yeah. of it. They should say, we're, no, they should say, oh, paniculectomy, we pay $200. Steptoplasty, we pay $200. They should say, that's what we pay. Oh, you have a $20,000 deductible. We're going to pay $200, but that $200 isn't going to go because it goes towards your $20,000 deductible. So you and your surgeon together can talk about the fact that you're getting no money from the insurance company that you're paying $1,600 a month for. That's all I have to say. I am on board with that 100%. I talk about this all the time. How can you not? And I, I think we do have to have a dedicated podcast at some point to this topic because it just it, I just see it every year getting Let's bring worse the CEO of like Cigna in and like have them come and like discuss it with us. That'd be cool. Yeah. At Cigna, are you listening? Yeah. Come on in. We'd love to have you on. We want <laughs> to talk love, all about it. We have some questions. <laughs> <laughs> That you know how that podcast would go. There'd, there'd be like body parts in the in the room afterwards. Yes, just be a, a smackdown like cage match, like WWE style, which I love. That'd be great. That'd be great. But in the meantime, when, you know, so when we're not doing that and, and solving the world's insurance problems, uh, we would love for you to come in and talk about your Tummy Tuck Plus. I, I do love doing that, um, and I really enjoy it. And we can get some excellent results. Uh, the patients just need to know that it's it is a Tommy Tuck Plus, and everything that that entails, including recovery costs, expectations. This is not your run of the mill mommy makeover Tommy Tuck. It's a big deal. It's a couple surgeries rolled into one, and it's a uh, you're gonna go through it, but it'll be it'll be really good on the other end. And you're good at taking care of them all the way through that journey because it is a journey. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And I think that that's pretty much it. So. This is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210.
If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, RavelloPlasticSurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at Ravello Plastic Surgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Mm -hmm.